So Steve, are you ready for a movie that's going to take us back in time? Alright, stop, 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 stop. We're playing any more of that, we'll get sued. That's fair. Here you go, 13 seconds. Did you know the average movie costs way more than you'll probably ever make in your entire lifetime? Movies are an expensive business, and when they crash, they crash hard. But why'd they fail? Was it bad timing, a bad film, or just bad luck? Let's take a look and try to see where it went wrong, if you could have seen it coming, and what wounds turned out to be fatal. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. And this... is the autopsy report. You know what the most embarrassing thing about uh, this episode was for me? What? So, we have to watch these movies if we, as we stressed. And uh, <laughs> luckily this movie ended up being on Netflix. I did not know that at the time. So <laughs> I went to Family Video. No. Because I needed to find the wa- this movie to watch. And I'm, nearly th- I'm a nearly 30-year-old man, 6 foot 3, walking around the fucking free movie kids section trying to like slouch down so nobody notices me looking through fucking franklin the goddamn turtle movies in the f section for (laughs) flintstones they don't have it so i gotta go to the register and i gotta be like yeah uh, um uh, i'm wondering if you have uh the the flintstones and viva rock shit what the Flintstones and I can't. You gotta speak up. <laughs> uh, do you have the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas? I felt like I would have rather been like, you got butt sluts eighty seven. <laughs> I want the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's probably less embarrassing to go to the adult section that's hidden away in the corner. Yeah. By the way, they did not have it. Amazing. It's ama- Yeah. How I don't know how they had the fucking movie Food Fight in the kids Food section. Fight. Which is like, yeah, starring like a bunch... It's like an animated movie starring a bunch of fucking food mascots. Like the fucking... Oh my god. The fucking stork from the dill pickles and the fish from the tuna starfish. <laughs> oh no. Shit like that. But they didn't that have Flintstones. great. Yeah. I'm like, that girl that I had to ask that embarrassing question to, who of course was like, oh, sorry, we don't have that. She's like some 18-year-old girl. That fucking family video, could she could work there until she dies at 92. She will never hear somebody come up to her again and be like, do you have the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas? You never know. You never know what weird stuff people are looking to really have to ask about. Uh, yeah, I, I did know it was on Netflix. So I saved myself the embarrassment of heading down to the old blockbuster. Lucky you. That would have been awkward because they're out of business. Keep quiet, Gazoo. If you want to see us meet some girls, you're going to have to hang back. We don't want you cramping our style. Style? Ha! Numero uno. If you knew the first thing about style, you'd know that animal prints are passé. And secondly, dum-dum. And that's another thing. Enough with the dum-dum. My name is Fred Flintstone. F-L-I-N-T. Stone. I don't care who you are. It doesn't give you any reason to shout. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Who, him? Oh, him, the little green guy. Don't you see him? In 1994, Universal Pictures went prehistoric, bringing one of the most successful and popular cartoons of all time to the big screen in the Flintstones' first ever live-action adaptation. The movie, with uh, starring roles by John Goodman, Rick Moranis, and... Everybody's favorite actress, Rosie O'Donnell, was the fifth highest grossing movie in the United States in 1994. 
Four years later, in the year 2000, Universal Pictures wanted to dig up those fossils, those those clams, get some more clams. It's clams, the joke is, because in the Flintstones, money is clams. Is that where the... Is that a... Like, do people make that joke because of the Flintstones, or was that like a joke the Flintstones incorporated, I wonder? That's a good question. Yeah. The Flintstones the have 60s. been around since the 60s. Yeah. But anyway, so they... They greenlit um, a sequel. As you uh, do. No, sorry. They greenlit a prequel. Right, yes, of course. Just something more. And sadly, this was not the worst prequel to come out in the 90s. <laughs> well, 2000. Phantom Menace was 99. I know, but... Oh, fuck. You're right. <laughs> this, is not the, this is not the worst prequel to come out... But in technically, the, the century starts in the first, the 2001, so yeah. it's still the same 20th century. Yeah, take that, haters. Bringing back none of the original cast, but instead casting a bunch of people who you'll go, who? When you hear their names. Or you'll be like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that guy. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, that person looks familiar from insert TV show here. The Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas stars Mark Addy, Kristen Johnson, Stephen Baldwin and Jane Krakowski as your favorite as your parents' favorite cartoon characters. Oh yes, I doubt they're yours, unless you're older. And I mean, then, I watched the Flintstones as a kid. But were they your favorite? Because you had way more. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I really liked the Flintstones, but who's to say anymore? Well, um, starring. I mean, starring those those. Those actors, and uh, you know, they as Fred and Wilma Flintstone and Barney and Betty Rubble. The plot, which takes forty-five minutes, by the way, to even get to Rock <laughs> yeah. Vegas, uh, is about halfway through the movie. Is about uh, two famous fat man and thin hot woman couples who meet for the first time and fall in love, all while some pervert alien asks if he could sit in the corner and watch them mate. <laughs> Mm, don't worry, Fred. Only, this is a children's film. Remember? Only you could see me, Fred. Don't worry <laughs> about it, Wilma. Can. <laughs> but seriously, why the fuck is the Great Gazoo in this movie? Uh, well, wasn't he in the cartoon at one point? Nobody fucking liked Gazoo, though. All right, Gazoo. I mean, it, it Gazoo like is like the scrappy the shark. He's the scrappy do. Yeah. Of the Flintstones, he didn't come. I was. I looked this up. He didn't come until the last, the halfway through what ended up being the last season. Oh wow! Sounds okay. like a fucking coincidence to me. Yeah, it was the last season. Yeah. <laughs> and his role in this movie is completely inconsequential. The movie is about Barney, and Betty, and Fred and Wilma, and how they first meet. How they first all meet and fall in love. Yes. If somebody made an edit of this fucking movie and they cut Gazoo out of it, yep. nothing in the plot would change. Yep. The only possible thing that would be different or that wouldn't make sense is when they escape the jail in the movie, which we'll get you'll get to that Even later. Even that, like like when he sneezes and the shelf falls and hits the guard. Oh yeah. You cut him out, it would just be like a weird coincidence <laughs> that would not stand <laughs> yes. out in this movie. Like you wouldn't be like, Where'd that shelf fall also, down? Those are weird superpowers, but yeah, we can talk about that later. But so fucking, this dude is inconsequential as fuck in this movie. What the hell is his fucking point other than be creepy and weird and be a terrible character that nobody likes? The story, 
I mean, his, his story didn't even fucking resolve. No, I didn't. think the last shot we have of Gazoo, other than maybe a waving shot in the big final scene, is he's like, I finally learned what human love is, and now I'm sad because I will never find love. And then Dino, Dino licks him, and he's like, and then he makes a joke about, oh, we wouldn't work out anyway. Like that, I think that's his final scene. It so is. his fucking yeah. arc really doesn't have a conclusion. And he's the start of the damn movie. Yeah, he starts the fucking movie like it's about him, but he has no fucking point in 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 hind- what I'm saying. Summarizing, fuck the Great Kazoo, fuck this movie. Steve, what do you think of this movie? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I agree. The Great Kazoo, or the Great Kazoo, as they keep calling him, and much to his dismay. <laughs> um, they was them. very unnecessary, weird. I think it was just like, ah, oh, we had this weird character that showed up in the cartoon. Let's work it into the live action version. He was um, disturbing, this, by the way. He was, yeah. And that was a weird, another part of it. Like, he was like sort of live action with his face on this like tiny little floating body. But what then, do you look like for the audience to picture? Uh, have you ever seen those? Remember those like uh, fake baby like costumes where you put your your head like in the stroller and it's yeah. like a little fake body with, yeah. a, with your head. Like That's exactly what he looked like. Yes, exactly. Just floating around. Um, uh, played by Alan Cumming, which in and of itself was not a bad thing per se. Um, but it was just a stupid role. Like, really, And he keeps calling him Dum Dum. Well, that's from the, he did call him that in the in the show. No, I get that too. But okay. like, he's just kind of a dick. He, yeah. Oh, he, he shows up, he crashes. And they he's save a, him from a spaceship. He's a dick he's, in the show, too. He's, he's ostracized from his other alien group because they want him to come to Earth and observe the mating rituals of humans. Um, which, yeah, I mean... Which what, I guess we'll cover that in the summary, but yeah. it's weird. Uh, okay. But uh, overall, yeah, the, the movie is just stupid. Uh, mm. There's There were a couple of jokes that I laughed at that I thought were funny. Mm. But the rest of it's just so... Blah. It is. Um, it's is a stupid movie. It's a bad movie. It's no surprise that this movie is. We're talking about it right now. Uh, I think the only redeeming thing, like that, you could be like, well, I mean, the production value is kind of fun. I mean, it all looked cheap as shit. Yeah. But it was. But it was like, oh, you know, it's look at this crazy Flintstone stone Stone Age world. Yeah. Live action, which we've already seen before. Right, um, it's like you have the cars with the the roll, like the rolling pin wheels that they supposedly move with their feet, but I think you this, never see that. Yeah, they I just drive along like there's nothing going on. I think this 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 little bit from uh, Roger Deber's review, I think, is a good a good ah. summary from this movie. He gave it a half star, by the oh, way. Oh, good. And he says. This is the ideal first movie for infants who can enjoy the bright colors on the screen and wave their tiny hands to the music. Hmm. Children may like it because they just plain like going to the movies, but it's not delightful or funny or exciting. And for long stretches, it looks exactly like hapless actors standing in front of big rocks and reciting sitcom dialogue. Oof. Yeah, that's a good way to summarize it. And the music... R.I.P. Was, uh... Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, the music was a whole other thing too. There's a like a Viva Rock Vegas song, because of course that's like reworked from the Viva Las Vegas song, but it's sung by some old woman that sounds like she's half drunk. I can't remember who it is. It's a, it's a known artist, but 
Uh, she probably was actually. Really, they I, tricked her. She's like, Isn't it Las Vegas? No, it's supposed to be Rock Vegas. What? Uh, just, just read the words, lady. You want uh, your paycheck or yeah. not? Um, and yeah, so it, it also, believe it or not, it rates slightly higher in critical review than the original. That uh, that baffles me. Movie. Yeah. So I think we have some rose-colored glasses for the uh, the original Flintstones film. That maybe are unwarranted, uh, but and I honestly I haven't watched that since I was since it probably came out when I was a kid or maybe on VHS. But I mean I feel like the cast alone has to make the first one better. Yeah, and definitely. not having the fucking great piece of shit. <laughs> yes, that usually helps. Before moving the victim, the position of the body must be outlined. So apparently, um, Universal Pictures had a lot of dirty Hollywood underage sex ring money they needed to clean up real quick. So they decided to disguise a money laundering scheme as a feature film production. Or, or maybe they just wanted to, to cash in on the success of the first movie. Or um, maybe, yeah. I mean, either I mean, it was both. It's like, oh, we have this surplus of dirty pedo cash that we need to, to be fair, get rid of. It could have been mob money. It could have been drug money. It was probably sex ring money. Yeah, probably. The, the, the mob doesn't like the heat of Los Angeles. So I would guess the expectations were somebody at Universal was like, hey, remember when we made the Flintstones movie and it cost $45 million and we made $358 million? Let's fucking do that again. Yeah, let's do it. But then for some godforsaken reason, they said, uh, hey, let's make this a prequel Set it in a Stone Age version of Las Vegas because Viva Rock Vegas sounds totes hilarious, guys. <laughs> Get it? Rock Vegas is like Viva Las Vegas, but it's Rock Vegas. Holy shit. What if they sung the song, but they said Rock Vegas? Somebody get me a pad of paper. I'm having a fucking epiphany. Yeah, somebody was like, I, I feel like this is another one of those. They're just getting high and like, ah, let's, uh, let's, uh, well, wouldn't it be funny if it was Viva Rock Vegas? Well, then what if they sung the song like a rock song? And then we get uh, some old woman to sing it. I, can't, I gotta find who that is. I will find So it. they also, so speaking of getting old people or whatever, even though these people aren't old, um, so not only did they decide to the prequel the shit out of this and send it in Rock Vegas, um, but they say, let's not bring back any of the original cast. Let's instead bring back a lesser cast and not lesser than the people who suck no offense to the cast but they're not as big names right and they're gonna sp- but yet they said let's bring back a smaller cast and spend twice as much making this fucking movie <laughs> because uh, I, I mean the first movie was such a critical su- success so why oh wait the first movie wasn't incredible it was not a critic critical oh success. Fuck. it just made a fuck old ton of money well, surely this one will be better. They had, they they were thinking. I mean, they got they had a a Baldwin, Steve. They had a Baldwin. It's not Alec, but they had a Baldwin. They had a Baldwin. There's lots to choose from, actually. And they had the woman from Third Rock, Third Rock from the Sun. Hello. Yeah, yeah, that was a decently popular show at that time. It was still going on at that time, and uh, I mean, so but seriously, I don't understand how you could look at this movie on paper as in like looking at that shit shit shitty 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 script and then you look and then you go we don't need john goodman we got mark abbey now which nothing against mark um uh, i think mark's done some some great roles 
But I mean, before this, like all Mark Abbey, Abbey had to his name was uh, the Full Monty, which yeah, that was and, a big hit. Which, but he wasn't even he wasn't even the lead role. Lead though. role, and then he was Michael Keaton's best friend in Jack Frost. Oh, look at that. He uh, well, well you, you probably mentioned you'll probably mention he's who was in a Knight's Tale. Yeah, supporting role, very good in that. I mean, I would argue this movie's biggest star when this movie came out was Kristen Johnson because Third Rock was was yeah. in the air for four years at that point. Oh, and it was a semi. What about uh, what about the guy who plays the bad guy? He was on um, a sitcom, pretty big sitcom too. At that, point. I don't even know who the shit that is. Uh, Thomas Gibson is the name, and he was on a little show. You know who that is? Dharma, Tweet us. Dharma and Greg. Come on, that was a huge show. Did he play Dharma and Greg? He was Greg. Oh, on Dharma and Greg. And he was on Criminal Minds later on. But yeah, that was right right smack dab in the heyday of that. That was on from 97 to 2002. So he was, that was a good, you know. Either way, this is what you're looking at. The it's script, TV stars. A bunch of TV stars. It's, yeah, it's a feature. It's, how many people, when you said, hey, we, we watched Viva Rock Vegas, did a bunch of you think, wait, that was in theaters? I thought that was straight to TV. Right. Because I think yeah. that would be... A, a, a fine reaction. We should we should uh, add that Mark Addy did play Robert Baratheon in the first season of Game of Thrones. That's yeah, easily uh, his most recognizable role, probably to most people nowadays. Yeah, uh, but I just I did not mention that yet because uh, in the expectations leading up to this movie right. that didn't exist yet. Fair enough. So when you're looking, but if you need a mental picture, if, yeah, like I said, yeah, this this has a lot of people that when you see some of these people. Like on that point, Jane uh, Krakowski, she was, she she had a pretty uh, big role or a reoccurring role in Thirty Rock, and she also plays uh, a major role in Kimmy Schmidt. If you watch that, so you'll see these people, and you go, "Oh, I've seen them." Yeah, but these aren't people to lead a fucking movie. They are no replacement for John Goodman. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and Rick Moranis or Rosie O'Donnell, even. Yeah, and especially in a movie where they're costing you twice as much yeah i don't i mean they're they I don't can't think be they were cost, yeah. yeah something they, costs. they cannot be like what are you spending all that money on but anyway you look at that this is what you have your expectations i don't know how you fucking think this movie is going to be a hit so jumping ahead we're going to find out is this fucking movie a hit organize your examination and your notes so there won't be any confusion telling the truth is a bitter herb that it is and that truth is that, of course, this movie was not a fucking hit. Matt's getting progressively drunker over here as we, as he pounds these uh, Crispin ciders. New sponsor, along with Starbucks, maybe. Crispin, if you want to be our sponsor, tweet us. We'll take a ridiculously small amount of money. We're just free booze, even to <laughs> free booze to drink during the podcast. Booze me up, Crispin. Uh, tell me about the opening weekend of Viva Rock Vegas. Viva Rock Vegas opened on April 28th in the year 2000 in theaters. Yeah, right? Surprising. This movie was in theaters. Yeah. It's a, that in and of itself is a that is a testament to like how much they thought this would be a money, like, like be something big six years later, like not mm-hmm. going straight to DVD or VHS at that point. Four years later, right? No, six years yeah, later. Yeah, it was 94 was the first one. Yeah. So this movie uh, debuted number two. For the weekend, it, it made ten point five million dollars. 
it failed to upset the previous week's number one, U571, which won um, the weekend for a second time in a row and uh, beating the Flintstones sequel. Uh, it, it had 12 million to Flintstones 10 it's a tight, and a half. Tight race. Tight race. But the movie couldn't even sync U571, which is ironic since it's about a sub. That it is. And sub sync. That they do. That's about a sub that tries not to sync for good, right? I've never seen it. I'm, I've seen it, but I don't remember. Is that the one with Harrison Ford? I swear Harrison Ford was in the second uh, movie. Wasn't that? No, that wasn't The Hunt for Red October. No, that was with Sean Connery. Yeah, that was... This one is with, um, I don't know if anyone's in it. It's just about a submarine. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. He's come. He appears once again on the old podcast. Matthew. He's like our Kevin Bacon. K-19, the Widowmaker was the Harrison Ford one. Um, That came out two years later. But yeah, McConaughey and Bill Paxton and Harvey Keitel and John Bon Jovi. Wow. Uh, That's a... McConaughey really is, though, like becoming our our 70s Kevin Bacon. He's he's always around for these stinkers in some way or another. But this one, not so much. Uh, This was a... Yeah, I mean, Flintstones can even beat it in its second week. But Flintstones did uh, did beat the its fellow debuting movies, which was the movie Frequency and the movie Where the Heart Is. Um, those, I know Frequency. Those uh, both can I, I don't even know Frequency. So that was uh, with Jim Caviezel. It's a it's a t- sort of a time travel movie hmm. where he builds he like puts together a CB radio and ends up talking to his father in the past oh. and they so talk it's kind of like that movie with keanu reeves and sandra bullock where they talk to each other in the past through letters kind of yeah the radio. a little bit of that and he talks to his dad and so it takes place in two timelines and i think they made a tv series out of it recently if i'm not mistaken it's kind of an interesting concept um well this uh this top 10 during this weekend is fucking stacked with movies i've never fucking heard of I have entirely forgotten. <laughs> uh, only number out of 10 movies, only number nine and 10 I recognize, which is Aaron Brockovich and uh-huh. the first Final Destination. Oh, wow. Which were in their sixth and ninth weeks, respectively, mm. at this point. So Flintstones would end up dropping to third in week two, earning only 6.6 million. And uh, that's when, uh, in its Flintstones second week, uh, Gladiator fucking came out and blew everything else out of the water. Yeah, that movie. Talk about a, an enigma. Like, is it an enigma? Well, it came out that early in the year and ended up winning Best Picture. Is not very common That's anymore. True. And Especially being that for like a blockbuster, a large like a huge production film like that to come out in April. You know what May. came out. May 5th. You know what also came out May 5th, 2000? Michael Jordan to the max. I don't think I ever saw that, but I wish I had. It only released in IMAX, uh, by the way, and it still managed to make $18.5 million. So what's your fucking excuse, Viva Rock Vegas? (laughs) Probably cost a lot less (laughs) to do. Uh, So Flintstones would end up dropping all the way to 5th in its third weekend. 10th in its fourth weekend and then would fall out of earning one million dollars in its sixth weekend it would stick around prices right sound in here 
That would be a good one. It would stick around for 10 more weeks before fossilizing in uh, week 16. Oh, no, he didn't. And uh, it ended up earning $35 million domestically in its entire run. And only added $24 million overseas for a total worldwide of $59 million. Which is either just above or just below the... I mean, which is either way above or just below the uh, the budget, depending on your source. Uh, the numbers only had this budget at $58 million, hmm. But Box Office Mojo has it at $83 million, And when there's a split like this, I tend to go with the bigger one. Because I feel like studios try to, you know, cover their ass. Yeah, totally. So you're looking at this movie costing $83 million, only making 59 worldwide. And, and remember, if you recall earlier, um, the first movie cost, which was which made well over $300 million, cost 45 <laughs> So like we said, this movie's almost double the cost. For a shittier movie yeah. with a smaller cast that but, shouldn't be taking up as much money. But they somehow, maybe that, I don't know. I don't know what to think of what they could have spent the money on, but we'll, we'll come on to that here shortly. But yeah, it's amazing that this sank so quickly. I think, I think if it, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Never mind. Well, yeah, so the movie did not perform at all like the original. Um, which I guess we have to call it the original because we can't say that this is a the sequel, right? It's a prequel, the prequel. It's confusing. But before we get into like what Steve's got on his mind about some reasons, maybe where they could have saved some money, or why the fuck this cost so much, or just why they're idiots. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the movie because yeah. let's all understand the movie better. Uh. I, I wish I had more to drink right now. <laughs> Here, the hole can be seen where the bullet exited the posterior wall of the chest cavity. I just want to add real, real quick preface before Steve starts his, this recital is that we both just watched this movie yesterday. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if Steve already forgot a mass, forgot a vast majority of it. <laughs> well, I managed to stay awake all the way through on this one, which has that's, been a, is that, a banner moment. That's a record. Some, some of these other films. Um, all right, so as we talked about, The Great Gazoo, well, first of all, the first and foremost that needs to be noted is that Universal once again fucked with their logo, boom, boom. and it's just the kiss of death kiss on these films. Death. So the Universal logo flies in, and it's the letters what? are like in bone shapes. And what's like it say? Fossil. You remember? Uh, I wrote it down. It? Oh. It says Universe Shell. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not notice the pun in there. Oh, you fucking, oh, my Dicks. God. Uh, so, and it's like, it has like the soul singular continent world and it, yeah, Pangea. Yeah. And it's like, and so then they come back out, they zoom out a little bit into the spacecraft and there's all these little green floaty head alien guys are, mm-hmm. and they don't like kazoo and they call him kazoo also. And basically they're like, oh, you need to go to earth and check out the mating ritual of humans. Cause like clearly and they're like, if only they mated like us, and they just like split apart, and it like creates a new person, right? Right, new alien, right from that. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you're that advanced of a civilization, like you really need to send somebody send down somebody there. down there to observe the mating. I think 
I, I think I they're just, just saying, perverts. They're just like, oh, we just want to get this guy and send him on some stupid mission. Yeah, I think you could say that was sort of in their intentions. They yeah. just didn't like him and wanted to send him away. Yeah, we didn't like him either. Yeah, uh, we didn't <laughs> want him. Keep him. <laughs> uh, so he comes down to, or he crashes into Earth. Uh, but before that, we we get to meet all of our our lovable favorite characters of Barney and Fred, Fred and Wilma and Betty, and they uh, they're just living their lives. Wilma is actually the daughter of like a super 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 rich family and lives like in this big mountain house that looks down upon Bedrock, and mm-hmm. she's not supposed to mingle with the Cretans down there. And her mother, who. Her, who's her mother played by? What's her name? I think it was Joan. Joan Crawford? It's probably not right at all. I'm just saying names that sound like familiar. Joan Collins. Joan Collins. Yeah, she was a... She's a an old older time Hollywood British actor. Ah. Something. But she replaced uh, Elizabeth Taylor, who played this role in the first one. as like this old, sophisticated... Was this part of the story from the cartoon that, that she was... From a wealthy family, Dude, I have no idea. I don't remember that at all. I don't, but maybe I don't know it if they ever been. got into it. I don't know if they did either, but, um, but, yeah, that's. I'm just like some shoes to fill there. Joan oh. Collins has this like really long historic career, just like fucking uh, just like Elizabeth Taylor, did, who, yeah, who who played this role in the previous movie. I think that was her last role too. I oh God, I before that's she sad. died, which is sad. <laughs> but it's like I wonder if at any point Joan was looking around at this fucking set and being like. This is where my career has led me. Maybe, uh, or maybe, and the actually, the the guy who plays her father. This was his last film. Um, he he uh, he he died shortly after. I think there was somebody else that died. Like this film killed people. That's how bad it is. It was killing these actors. I feel um, like it killed me. It's just gonna take twenty years to hit. Uh, who was it? Uh, Harvey Corman was Colonel Slaghoopal, and he's pretty well-known mm. in, in older stuff, Blazing Saddles and a lot of Mel Brooks. But, um, so she doesn't like her life with the rich family and doesn't want to marry Chip Rockefeller, who's this, who makes the, one of the worst entrances into a movie. Oh, yeah, that was a terrible He, like, entrance. comes riding in on this dinosaur, like, such horrifically bad VFX. It was like a kangaroo. It was like a dinosaur kangaroo, and he comes bouncing along this yard, and it just looks so terrible. I reversed it, actually, a few times, because I'm convinced when he starts his bounce that the perspective, he only looks like he's about a couple inches tall, and then it's like, <laughs> boop, boop, and then all of a sudden he, like, grows. So it wasn't like he was moving forward, bouncing yeah. at the screen. It was like he was literally just growing every bounce. Yeah, probably. That's probably how they did it. Because um, they clearly did not spend quality money on the VFX in a lot of these cases. No. Um, so she runs off and is like, I don't want to marry Chip, and I don't want to be just like my mother. She's, um, she's interested in seeing what the regular people in She wants to go bowling. Like. She just loves bowling, the idea of going bowling. Yeah. Um. And so she ends up at a drive-in diner where they have gigantic cheeseburgers. Yeah, like it's like the beginning of Flintstones. Remember in the beginning? Or is it the end? I don't remember. In the, the credits, they go up to the drive-in yeah. diner and they get the giant rack of ribs. They did not have that giant uh, rack yeah. of ribs, where was by the, the way. I think that was they in the first They probably did that in the first one. Yeah. 
Um, so she goes there and she's sitting and Betty comes to help her and she's just like, Oh, can I get water? And I can't pay anything. And Betty thinks that she's like poor and has is homeless. So she takes her in and they start living together. And, uh, she starts working at the diner. Meanwhile, Barney and Fred have just gotten their jobs at the quarry yep. to operate the it Bronto starts, cranes. It starts with them taking their ah, test. Right. Bronto crane. But I do, I want to, po- I do want to point out, that less than four minutes into this movie, we get a fart joke. Oh yeah, that's Took right. Four, not even four minutes. But that was to the bust only one. The fart joke. I mean, I was glad that didn't really they didn't really keep on with the fart jokes. They played their card soon though. Yeah, they did. There was like a giant brontosaurus that can talk, because most of the dinosaurs can talk. Uh, um, he just has bad gas and then just rips a fart that blows everyone like away, literally. Um, good times, quality, quality humor. Uh, so they be, uh, Barney and Fred find kazoo, kazoo. <laughs> See, it's easy to say kazoo. Uh, they find him, crash they're, land. they're out in the water, like, ah, oh, you know, it's great. We got jobs, but it'd be really great if we had us a gal or if it had me a gal sort of thing. Um, and Mark Addy doesn't really hide his British accent for the most part. In this. That's true. It's, it's kind of like, sneaks it's kind of nothing nothingness um and uh so gazook is only visible to barney and fred which is only like utilized and kind of funny in like one they or two they, instances it's like yeah there's like one scene when they make it a point yeah they play it off a couple times but really it doesn't it's not that big of a deal um so he's like i want to observe you with your mating ritual and then uh so they go so to, to jump in before you move ahead on this first meeting uh, first off, there's like a few, a couple of things I wrote down. I thought were weird about this first meeting. Yeah. One, I mean, they, when they meet Gazoo, they're like, "Oh my God, we freed you from your your fucking ship." Uh, does that mean you're a genie and that you oh, have right, to right. grant us wishes? Yeah. And I know Flintstones is like full of like weird shit that doesn't make sense, yeah. like timeline wise. But I'm like, how the fuck would these prehistoric dudes know anything about genies, right. which is a fucking Middle Eastern tradition and probably wasn't even invented yet at this yeah, point. Yeah, if you go like normal chronological, like that would not have been a thing. But yeah, they uh, they think he's a genie and they want wishes and then that doesn't come to pass. And yeah, of course. And then they try to fight him. Yeah, and there's a, there's a, there's a great scene when, when Fred's throwing punches at him and like Gazoo's like kind of just moving side to side terribly. Because he floats, he just yeah. floats all the time. And there's one shot when Mark Eddie's arm totally swings right through where Gazoo is. Yeah, and they didn't even bother to like it edit just it out. Very poorly done <laughs> VFX. It's like, eh, whatever. He's there. Um, so they eventually go to the drive-in restaurant. Uh, Barney and Fred thinking, oh, it's our time. We're gonna find some girls. And Betty comes up, and they do a little, they play a little trick on us, thinking, oh, it's Betty. She ends yeah. up with Barney. But then Fred first is like, oh, Betty. And he, like, he barely mutters any words, and she just just knows that he wants to ask her out on a date. Yeah, he does some grunts, and she's like, well, I've heard, I've dated men that said less. Yes, exactly. And then he like motions to Barney and she's like, oh yeah, I have someone for her. And it's Wilma. Who's like the world's worst roller skating, uh, waitress. waitress. And, yeah. uh, so they end up going to the, the carnival. carnival and I just, and, uh, this like setup 
briefly interested me and then kicked me in the nuts <laughs> because it's like, oh, wait, they're going with the wrong people. Yeah. This may be some setup for some issues where it's like, because they, they go to the carnival and Fred's with Betty and Barney's with Wilma. And you're like, oh, wow, this is a new layer to the story that we right. never knew. Ooh, how did they switcheroo? And they switcheroo within minutes. Yeah, within minutes of, and all it took was Barney to laugh, his weird laugh. And uh, Betty was like, oh my, I love your laugh. And then he's like, I love your laugh. And then they just walk off together. They just run off together. <laughs> it's like, wow, all right. Talk about talk what? about not, like, not like adhering to the bro code or anything. It's just... And whatever like little interest in like uh like oh I wonder how this is gonna play out was already gone. Yeah, it's just like oh well all right clearly they're just expediting the who gets to go with who thing. Um, so Barney and uh or Fred and Wilma like at first aren't really that keen to each other. He's not keen to her, and then they start bowling, and he's really good at bowling, and he does the tippy toes bowling thing, and. Uh, they play a bunch of games, and he wins prizes, and uh, they finally end up on the Ferris wheel. Ooh, prehistoric Ferris yeah. and, uh Probably powered by some animal slavery. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of animal slavery in here. We'll get to in that. The Sims, in yeah. the Flintstones in general. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they, they're sitting and talking, and we get some really, some really great romantic lines like uh, this. Your eyes are like two big... And of course, Wilma finds that to be just delightful. I think she strips naked right after that. Yeah, it's uh, and then they. She's like, "What do you think about these eyes?" And she takes Whoa. her top off. Heyo. I want the girl. And uh, so then uh, we end up in a montage of love, right? I think that's where we jump to from there. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, first, uh, I do to to skip back to that first we'll scene. There's a part when the great Gazoo outs himself as a huge fucking pervert because <laughs> That's right. he's like, he appears and like, he's like telling Fred to, to seal the deal and kiss yeah. her. You're in All the right. red zone. But here's the thing. The great Gazoo was sent to fucking earth because he was supposed to observe mating rituals. Yet he is telling Fred how humans are supposed to mate. Yeah. Like he knows. It's like, you already there. fucking know this information, yeah. you pervert. You just want to see them get it on. That's right. Uh, so yeah, he eventually kicks the great gazoo away, uh, which he didn't see that one coming apparently. Um, yeah, but then, and then there's, there's the big, and then there's a bunch of mon. I think it's a montage of them like, oh. yeah, it's like dating and like getting closer and everybody's having a good time. Uh, but eventually Wilma's past comes back to haunt her. Oh no. And oh, also Fred at the carnival wins a dinosaur egg and it turns out to be Dino, yep. everyone's favorite baby dinosaur pet, which yep. I sort of forgot about until that he hatched. How can you forget um, about his iconic yipping? I know, which they used the original yipping from the show. The guy who voiced it died like 11 years prior to this film, but he's still credited because they just used the same sound. Um, and, and Dino is a, a mix between Jim Henson puppet and terrible VFX, mm. which is uh, always a good combination. Uh, so Wilma takes Barney and Fred and Betty to her house because it's her father's birthday. After her mother finds out that yeah. she was living with her mother uh, shows up at the Betty. apartment and is like, oh, my God, what is this place? Which, by the way, that apartment looked like a fucking house. It did. It looked very nice and it looked very large. Yeah, so then, it looks almost the same as like the house they would have had in the in the show. In the show, in, yeah. yeah. 
had like the weird elephant thing in the corner um, disposal no the oh the shower yeah it was yeah. the shower yeah yeah um uh so they end up at this big hoity-toity party and we get to see chip rockefeller again and they all feel very inferior yeah, when they and, find out they make that fun of them Wilma's rich and, and they, they all oh, feel you like work at the quarry oh hey guys he works at the quarry and he's serious some interesting points like some of the some of their uh like bodyguards and servants are like straight up neanderthal looking dudes yeah which is like i thought was kind of weird because i'm like what what stage like again the flintstones none of it makes sense but it's like so there's like another subspecies of humans still at this point yeah. and you guys use them as like your fucking butlers They're just like strong and dumb and like tall and then that, there's another scene where they have them fighting each other at the, in the casino there's like a fight scene. They go to a some sort oh, yeah. of fight, smacking like, each other, a boxing match, and they're like again like Cro-Magnons or whatever Neanderthal men. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the the world of the Flintstones is actually quite dark when you really dig into it. But uh, so, so it's, it's a very very silly. Like they have a dinner scene and they have a toast, and then Barney or Fred makes a toast. And meanwhile, Dino, who was who was strapped to a tree, uh, he pulls the tree out of the ground and starts dragging it from the house. Mm-hmm. And he runs all the way up the mountain and crashes in at this dinner scene and jumps on the table and, and destroys and everything. Dragging the tree behind him. Yes. Very and, strong little dinosaur. Yeah. And just ruins the party. And they're all so embarrassed because... Wilma's running around with these trash people. Yeah, these trash people from Bedrock. And uh, what's what's weird, though, is that there's, like, very little fallout from that whole scene. Because <laughs> they literally go to leave. Wilma's going to leave with them. And she's like, I don't want to be a part of this. You treat people terribly, blah, 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 blah. And then Chip Rockefeller comes running out. And it's like, you know what? I'm sorry. The better man won. Come with me. Come to Come to Rock Vegas. And, yeah. and come stay at a suite and blah, 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 because they're going to get married and whatever. Yeah, he, invite, he, oh, he, he that yet, says but. that he's a good guy. He invites them all for a free trip to Rock Vegas, yes. which obviously isn't a ploy of any sort. Right. And yeah. then we finally get to go to Rock Vegas. Yeah, it's a long way in. The whole movie. It's actually 45 minutes in. All right. And we're finally in Rock Vegas. We finally know why it's called Rock Vegas. And they fly there on this giant, like flying dinosaur. That's yeah, like a big like old pterodactyl. Yeah, they just strap a strap a thing on the back and they ride in that. Um, uh, yeah, and so Rock Vegas is exactly like you would think. It's just Las Vegas, but everything is made into like puns about it being rock or the Stone Age or whatever. Yeah, and somehow they just have fucking electricity. Yeah, there's electricity and there's a lot of different things. There's video cameras for some reason, but yet there's like no paper. They're always chiseling things onto tablets. That's the thing. The, the scene with the fucking security cameras annoyed me because it's like I understand that. Like I, I think even in the Flintstones they had TV. Right. It was like a stone, but the, yet the TV worked. Yeah. But it's like so they have a remote. Like he he they're watching. He's watching the security yeah. camera, and his remote is a bird. A little pterodactyl flies out and goes to push the button yep. to shut it off, and then flies back to the remote. <laughs> And it's like, so you have, like, signals to be able to have security footage. Right. But you still have the fucking bird remote? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. They, they mix that stuff in kind of weirdly. But 
I guess that's to be expected, being that it's a cartoon. I guess it just doesn't play as well when it's live action. I think that's what it, I think it it loses that yeah in the transition. It's sort of silly and fun when it's cartoon, but I did notice at one point when they they like Barney and Fred are on the run. I'm a lot ahead of myself, but they like they have like these looking for these men like chiseled into sta- into uh, tablets, and they just clearly use the cartoon images of Barney and Fred. Oh yeah, kind of like kinda want, wanted posters. Yeah, they're like wanted posters. Um, so they get to Viva Rock Vegas, and Chip Rockefeller's big plan, his real plan, is revealed because he has a girlfriend. But his real plan is he's trying to marry Wilma so he can steal her money or get her fortune that her family has to pay off all these debts that he has to these like mafia types. Mm-hmm. So his plan is to get Fred all indebted and gambling and lose everything and then make him look bad he has a giant switch that says win and lose (laughs) yes that was a great hiding behind a painting and so fred is winning like crazy and then once fred's confidence is up and wilma's upset with him because he always doing is gambling and he gives fred this this big credit line in his name he flips his magic switch to lose which I guess only controlled Fred for some reason. I know, reason. right? That was a very giant generic switch. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's the entire casino under this. It's like everybody lose now. And then, and then Fred loses all his money, and, and all his clams, all his clams, they were clams gone. And he's got them, and he's got them right where he wants them. And uh, oh, why that's going on though? Uh, there's the Betty yes, the and Betty Barney, Barney subplot. Stuff. Oh, that was my favorite. Like. So to get Barney away from Fred so that he doesn't um, stop him from gambling, he sends him to an all-you-can-eat buffet and he, with Chip Rockefeller's girlfriend, like, guides him over there because she's got large, uh, she's got a couple of large rocks. You know what I mean? Balls? No. Well, <laughs> no. Breasts. Talking about the breasts. Oh, breasticles. Breasticles. Um and so he leads her off. He, she, he leads him to the buffet, and he's eating and eating. And at some point, like, there's this cream pie comes by, and there's, like, a pie gag, and she gets hit in the face and all over her breasticles. You know, and, just just the stereotypical large lady, boob lady covered in cream. Yeah, and then, <laughs> then the stereotypical, like, Betty walks up and sees Barney, and he's, like, cleaning the cream off of her, but she only sees from behind so in this kids movie, it just looks like he's full on fondling her breasts with a very <laughs> with an awful grin on awful, his face. Weird, he's pervy like, grin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, come on, like she just sees this from like thirty yards away, and it's just perfectly placed where she doesn't tell that she's he's just wiping her off, and she walks away all uh, a tizzy, thinking Barney is just throwing her to the wayside for this this hot girl. And then she latches on to uh, Mick Jagged. Mick Jagged, who's a rock star uh, that's in town to play a concert in Rock Vegas. Mick Jagged and the Stones. Yeah, you can only guess that they're uh, they're uh, the Who knockoff, right? Or is it the Bad Company? Is that the band they're going for there? I think it's uh, I think it's the Beatles. Or is it U two? I think it's cool. oh yeah, it's yeah, U2. probably U two. Right. Um, so Mick Jagged, uh, also played by Alan Cumming for some reason, but they they put some shit on his face, I think, to make him not look just like Gazoo, because Gazoo looks like typical Alan Cumming face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looks like and that he must Alan's had a really face. tough life growing up. Though. I think I heard him talk about that on Conan O'Brien a long time ago about having that last name, but. 
Uh, so he plays Mick Jagged, who's just like this cliched rock and roll guy. He comes over and woos Betty, and so Betty's like, oh, I'm going to hang with Mick Jagged now. Um, and so Barney's all distraught. Who, by the way, has a British flag outfit. Yes, the British a, flag, like, fuzzy outfit was really you know, bizarre. British, because it exists. Because he's a British rock star. Um, yeah. Fuck it. Uh, and then, so Chip, uh, Chip Rockefeller, like, doubles down, and he gets Wilma to give her pearl necklace. She gets the fancy pearl necklace as a gift from her father. And uh, he puts that in the safe to tell her, oh, it's, you know, we got to be keep it safe. There's been robberies. But then he uses it to frame Fred for rob- stealing it just mm-hmm. to make him look like the ultimate tool bag and to win, to win Wilma over. Because Fred confronts him when he's like, you've spent, when Fred loses all his money, he's like, now that you're in debt, you can either pay me a million dollars, a million clams or you could leave forever and never and yeah, for I'll I wipe have, away your you know, debts. So and I he's like, know. "Well, I'm just gonna fucking tell Wilma, you idiot." I'm yeah, not gonna. right. And he's like, "Well, then now I have to frame you." Yeah, he's like, "Yep." So he framed my my only like my favorite joke of the movie. Well, there's a couple of good jokes in the scene. So he like locks down the casino. They're like, uh, and Chip Rockefeller comes out and like all of everyone's in there. Like all of people and like the band are in there. Betty's in there, and. Uh, Wilma's there, Fred. Everyone's in the room. There's the bodyguards, and it's the full house. And they're locked it down, and Chip Rockefeller's like, ladies and gentlemen, we have a criminal among us. And they go to a shot of just, like, one of the throwaway band members with this with this girl around his arm, and he just turns to her, and he's like, how old did you say you were? And then they just move on really quick. And that, that one, that subtle quick joke there actually made me laugh. Like, I thought that was actually kind of funny. Steve likes the underage. Joke. It was just a funny, like, and it was so inappropriate also for a kid's movie, but, like, it was a good one for the parents who had to suffer through this bullshit. There's a, there's a few jokes, like, maybe a couple, two, three, that I thought were all right. And they're actually, were two of the ones I liked were both in this area as well. Just before this, when Fred was kind of confronting Chip and Chip was laying out about how he planned this whole thing, obviously, and Fred's an idiot, uh, Chip has a line says where he says, how do you even dress yourself in the morning? And Fred goes, normally <laughs> yeah. I just wear what I fell asleep in. Right. And I thought that line was pretty that good. That was good. And then there, there's another thing with when everyone, they're like, there's a criminal amongst us. There's a guy who's like, I've been slowly poisoning the dinosaur's water supply. So they will systematically go extinct. Well, cause, cause the bit was that he says, if you, if they, if he confesses now, I won't. Oh, right. Him. Right. Yeah. So a bunch of people start yelling out random crimes. Yes. And like he's the la- and like everybody's like, <gasps> and then he's yeah. the last one, and he this guy goes, I've been yeah poisoning the dinosaurs, and they're all gonna go extinct in a number of years, and everybody just laughs at him. Yeah, and then yeah. that was a good joke, but then they bring it back. They bring like, it back again, like way later, three times, and it's they do it again not so far after that, and then they do it again way further down the line when it's like, all right, that. Yeah, he's like, too much. isn't anybody going to try to stop me? And they're like, no. Yeah, no. everyone just shouts at him. No. no. So, of course, Wilma believes that Fred stole the pearls out of the safe. And then Fred and Barney are taken to jail because Barney, being the dullard that he is, gets himself named an accomplice. Um, so they go to jail and... Chip is still trying to convince Wilma to marry her, and Wilma's mom was trying to get him to marry her, marry him. And Betty's gonna go off with Mick Jagged on tour, 
but things then, aren't looking good. For, not looking good for Fred and Barney. But then Gazoo shows up while they're in the jail cell, and he's like, "Oh, I wish I could do more." And I blah blah blah. And I'm so touched by human emotions, but I can't have emotions. But yet I have emotions throughout the rest of the movie. Um, so Barney can realize he fits. He realizes he fits through the the bars of the jail cell, which are made out of giant bones, like everything else. And they get the keys, and they escape pretty easily. Uh, but then to sneak back into the hotel, they disguise themselves as women dancers. Don't yes, forget. as you do. They, as you uh, do. They just, uh, as a chorus line of dancers. They run out in the chorus line, and they start doing their kicks, and they're all fucked up. They're not, they're not doing it with the same as the women at all. Clearly. And that scene gave me some, some flashbacks. I had some post-traumatic stress. Wait, when scene. you tried to sneak into a casino dressed well, as a woman? It reminded me, actually, when I was in a play in elementary oh, school. No. And I was like, uh, man, it was like the Nutcracker or, or something. That was some weird. I was like in the Russian, th- this Russian group. We all dressed as little Russians, and we were doing a little Russian kick routine. Okay. And I'm like staring off, looking for my parents, and then I realized that I've been like dancing in the complete wrong direction as everybody else. Oh no. And they've like moved on to the next couple stages of the dance. Oh and no. Young Matt was not paying attention and it was very embarrassing. <laughs> so you were having some PTSD at this yeah. uh this scene came in. So that scene of the cross yeah. of, of the Flint of Fred and Barney cross dressing gave me some Oh some there's PTSD. that Crispin the empty Crispin, Crispin can Crispin down knocking him over. <laughs> uh but one thing to note with that scene when they come in with the showgirls, uh, the song is called Rise and Shine. was allegedly used as the beginning and end credits theme song for their first season. Yeah, the so the one's like... Yeah, which I did not know that. I remember it from the credits as a kid. I don't know, but our audience is probably like, just wrap up this fucking movie. Right, yeah. It sounds terrible. Um, so they escaped. They 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 were dressed as the women. They get in, and then uh, they confront them. They confront them in Mick Jagger's room. Mm. Mick Jagged. Sorry. Uh, and Mick Jagged and Barney break fight over over Betty. Yep. And Barney wins. And then for some reason, Fred's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna go out there and be Mick Jagged." And he goes out there and he sings the song, and he woos Wilma with singing the song, and then. He tells her he loves her. He proposes to her, and she says yes. And Chip Rockefeller is like, all right, then. Uh, I lose. That's it. He doesn't put up a fight after that. Doesn't, like, get violent. There's no, like, final confrontation. The mobster guys are like, ah, we're going to rip you apart. And that's it. And don't forget that Joan Collins, when when, uh, the Fred is Mick Jagged review, reveal um, this woman with this very storied career. (laughs) Has this fucking spit take. Uh, a yeah, legit spit take. Full throttle spit take. And I'm just like, she's sitting there in this, you know, Flintstones outfit yeah. in this she ridiculous sort of like movie. Cruella DeVille, but she, in, yeah. the, in the And she's age. doing a, just this ridiculous spit take. And you know, she, once again, she has to be thinking, Joan, where did where did it go off the rails? Yeah, like, how did you, <laughs> how did you end up in this shit? <laughs> um, so then... Then they just... They go to have a wedding scene, and it turns into a fucking dance number with the Viva Rock Vegas song. Hey, but Steve, I have a question for you. When they get married, what does the priest say when they asks you? Oh, God, I forgot. It's some sort of shitty pun, isn't it? No, but the, when you get married, they say, 
do you take this person as your wife? And you say, I do. I do. Oh, what does Fred no. Flintstone say, Steve? Oh, God. He yabba dabba oh. Yeah, I forgot. I tried to block that part out. You fucks knew that joke was coming. Yeah. There, I didn't, there was another yabba dabba in there somewhere, wasn't there? Oh, he says like three times. Yeah. But that one was because yabba dabba do. Yeah, he does do. Do, do. Um, yeah, so they say they play this terrible Viva Rock Vegas song again. Um, oh, my! Actually, going back to music though, that love montage was "You Get What You Give" by New Radicals was just a very, very bizarre, very out of place. A biz, just a super very dumb choice, like very '90s alt rock song. Like you would know it if you heard it. Um, many of you out there. Uh, but that was what they used for their like montage of dating, and I was like, um. All right, but very into this movie. We were, we, I think, Steve undersold this final scene a bit <laughs> because the friendly sons get married. They go driving away. Everybody's waving at them. They kick up the Flintstone song, the very popular Flintstone song. Everybody oh, knows that's it. right, and everyone's singing along. Everybody knows the Flintstone song. Uh, here, here it is, real quick. We'll play it for you. Simpson, Homer Simpson, he's the greatest guy in history. From the hood of Springfield, he's about to hit a chestnut tree. All right, yeah, that was a fun song. song. And then mid, mid, the, in the middle of the scene, all of a sudden, hard cut to Viva Rock <laughs> Vegas right. by Mick Jagged. They're in completely different outfits. Yeah. The entire cast is dancing. Like everybody's strolling out doing this yep. big dance. It's like a full-on Bollywood dance. About, yeah, this like out of nowhere, and then you're like, "Whoa, that was a weird transition." No, not over yet. We cut straight back to the Flintstone song yep. out of Viva Rock Vegas. They're back in their wedding costumes again for, and then the movie's over. Yeah, it's I like, don't know. whoa. Maybe they like had a longer stuff going there, and they're like, oh, "We need to get this shit down to ninety minutes exact." Just Bund these shit fucking things together. What do we do with this weird dance number? Just cram it in the yeah. end. Cram it in the end. Uh, and Margaret. We spent by the twenty way, million on that. And Margaret sang the uh, the um, first version of Viva Rock Vegas, uh, and then Alan Cumming performed the second one as Mick Jagged. Uh, but neither version you want to go hunt down to add to your iTunes playlist. I'm going to force you all to listen to it. So Viva. Yeah, so that's the end. Uh, that's how Fred and Wilma and everybody came to be. And uh, that's Viva Rock Vegas. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so go see it. Check it Fox. out. On, it's on the Netflix. It won't cost you anything but, you know, precious 90 minutes of your life. On all homicides, save an additional sample of blood for typing. So we have talked about the movie. I hope you understand what we had to suffer through. Maybe we've spared you the suffering yourself. Maybe you wanna you wanna see what the fuss is about, and you wanna go check it out too. Uh, if that's the case, you know, uh, give us a tweet because I think you might have depression. <laughs> tweet us; you might need help. So now let's talk about what we think went wrong in this movie. Uh, You're wishing you had that sound. Effect. I do. I really have to add that in. I 
the next one. Um, so obviously, uh, what went wrong with this movie is that the movie's awful. Yeah, I think that that's a paramount that's a one. Very, very good. They really phoned it in with the script and with the. I don't know, like they. There were like a few kind of funny jokes to for adults, like when uh when Barney and. When they're at the carnival and Barney comes up to Freddy, he's like, yeah, I know like, uh, Betty was your date, but uh, is it okay if I leave with her? And Barney, Fred's like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And she's like, oh, we're going to – she invited me back to her place. She said she wants to make me breakfast. It's like, I don't know what we're going to do before that or with all that time. And then he like walks off. It's like, so there's some like subtle like sex jokes and some innuendo and some kind of like risque well, yeah. stuff. That's, and even the stuff with the kazoo. I mean, he's like, yeah. I'm here to watch you mate. Right. You know, kids are going to be like, what's that? Yeah, um, but they just, it's poorly executing the rest of it to make it passably entertaining. Especially, like, the VFX were really bad. The dinosaurs were just atrocious. Like, this is a company that literally made a film with dinosaurs six years ahead of, seven years before this with, like, groundbreaking visual effects and animatronics and then they're just they spent a fuck ton of money on this are too are you talking about the TV show dinosaurs yes family the Disney TV show dinosaurs oh, okay. uh, classic sitcom by the way although I wonder how that holds up <laughs> probably poorly I don't know if I want to go back and watch some episodes of that although there, I remember some of the plot lines of a few of those I used to watch that a lot in syndication and some of them were actually pretty funny um, very like timely but no, so you have Jurassic Park. Like, you clearly have done a mixture. And, like, you know, you can look at Jurassic Park now and say some of the VFX are like, ah, oh, that's a little The dated, styles but. never would have worked, though. It no, totally. Clash, no, yeah. they're very, it's too realistic. But just, like, the blatantly, like, unreal-lookingness of every VFX element that shows up and how drastically it differs from its environment mm-hmm. is just so piss poor. Like, Dino, Puppet Dino is actually, like, kind of charming and... And make it like is you would it makes sense like it's a classic um, Henson style puppets most of them are yeah like they're legitimately Henson studio I think or part, like, partnership with them and yeah it's like obviously not real but it looks fine because it has that that charm of being a puppet yeah it, and being it in a movie that's action. obviously made for sort of I guess families yeah but then like so they you have close up Dino as a puppet and then you like smashed to a wide shot VFX Dino pulling this tree out and he just looks like trash. And it's just that I mean, throws you off. It throws it takes me out. If real I fast. if this was a video, I would just show that fucking clip of Chip on that kangaroo yeah. over and over again. To touch, and that's all you need to know about how terrible these uh, fucking it's so bad. The CGI attempts are. Um but and then there's like a dinosaur that's a bridge that he like lets lowers his mouth down and they drive over his back and the the dinosaur that's the brontosaurus the bronto crane dinosaur the farting one he's just so so bad um so that's a part that's a part of what makes it so hard to watch but i mean the story isn't engaging yeah like like i said like there's a little bit of interest like i thought when it's like oh they're gonna date the wrong people yeah how long is it gonna take until they figure out they're meant to be with the other one right and then at that point is it gonna be awkward because it's too late and you have to like like make some kind of a risk maybe risk uh, risk pissing off your friend and but none of that 
none of that's there. Nope. They get rid of all that that tension, that worrying in minutes. Uh, instead, they have this whole crazy subplot. I mean, Chip these, Rockefeller. Yeah, the Chip Rockefeller stuff and his elaborate plan to screw Fred over, uh, and just like this is bad. And the cast, bless their hearts, they do what they can. Yeah, I'm not gonna throw shit in the cast for this. I don't minute. think uh, I felt it was hard to look at Stephen Baldwin though for the majority of the film. He was a little. It was a little odd. It was just like. He looks so doofy. He looks too doofy. Yeah. Uh, and his haircut and just... His hair was so bad. Yeah, it just... It was, it was, it was so like, straight. Yeah, it was like so... <laughs> his hair was so straight. right down the middle and like kind of long like to his ears and just very... His hair looks so, sh- so straight that it looks sharp and I literally kept worrying <laughs> that it was going to poke him in his eyeballs yeah. and he was going to be like, oh! Right. Like in the middle of the scene. Oh, his face. <laughs> yes, it was... There was way too much product in that hair to be unmovable. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you know what he committed though. Yeah, I don't think any of the acting really is to fault. Um, like you said, Margaretti's accent kind of comes and goes. Yeah, and- which I guess you don't necessarily have to have any sort of descript accent because to this. Although then when you have fucking because I mean technically show up and he's just total British. Yeah, which just makes sense because the British Isles didn't even exist yet because right. as we saw in the beginning, yeah. it's, it's fucking Pangea yeah. still. Uh, the the liberty's there, but um, yeah, it's just the story is very and I think people not having John Goodman and the original cast, and apparently the, the reason that they didn't have the original cast is because John Goodman refused to do it. That's what I, that's what I heard. I don't know if... Uh, Maybe he read the script and he's like, Ugh. "Fuck yeah!" Would you do? I mean, if but you, then, you got know, this project, would you do it? I wonder though if this would have been a prequel had they originally got the original cast. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have. They probably would have done something different because, like, they would have been all even older than they were before. Why would you? Why would you do that? Um, I mean, yeah, I would be really interested to know because I was really. It was really hard to find any fucking sort of. Uh, stories or documentation about this production. Yeah, um, it would be interesting to know if the prequel decision was o- was only made because of Goodman, and if the recasting was made because of Goodman as well. Yeah, because the the, the, the it was not a budget issue. That's for sure. Yeah, and and the part is that that makes me think that they decided to do a complete recast because they didn't want just a new Fred. And, yeah, and is because Rosie O'Donnell apparently cameos in this movie she does she does she cameos as the voice of an octopus masseuse yep and if rosie o'donnell like had beef or she wasn't interested in coming back why would she come back for cameo right so it makes me think that they chose to recast it so that means they chose to recast it and they chose people of of lesser status and 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 prominent that's not a word. Probably but, not. No. But they're not prominent. Promiscuous. Yeah. Ooh. And that would have made it better. Yeah. They should have hired a bunch of porn stars. That would... <laughs> that would uh... Viva cock Vegas. Yeah, that's where that comes in. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you can't get John Goodman... And the original cast, Rosie O'Donnell, and I keep and Rick Moranis, and I keep forgetting who played Betty in that one. Um, Rosie O'Donnell did, or who plays Wilma? Then oh, I keep forgetting who's that. But uh, so you spend twice the money on a cast of 
unknowns or not unknowns, but just lesser stature stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're really just riding that people love the Flintstones that much, and they rode that into a, straight into a tar pit. Yeah, because uh, that was not not the case clearly with the peoples. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe if you had some better names, well, you could have done better. I mean, since we're on this cast top topic, you know, when we when we say, "Hey, the first cast is better," listen to this the first cast a bit more. We've said John Goodman, Rick Moranis, and Rosie O'Donnell, but uh, Elizabeth Perkins was was her name was was uh, Wilma. Okay. And I didn't really know her either, but looking up, she's a prominent role in Weeds. She's won Emmys and Golden Globes mm. for Weeds. So all right. And then Elizabeth Taylor was also in that movie, famous Hollywood icon, and Holly freaking Berry. Yeah, I see that. Holly is Berry. in that movie. Huh. All right. So, I mean, put aside acting talent. Uh, of that cast, which mostly I, I mean Rosie, if I say that, and that's still like that's still like you know some quality names people you've heard of, and then list the and then you compare that to Viva Rock Vegas, which remember costs twice as much, and you have Mark Eddy, Stephen Baldwin, Kirsten Johnson, uh, Jane uh, Krakowski. We've named all these already, and then we've mentioned Joan Collins, who took over for uh, Elizabeth uh, Taylor. And then Alan Cummings, like who of these fucking names, like honestly, do you like know in your head, like as immediately as you know those other names? And fuck off if you said, oh, I know Stephen Baldwin. You don't know Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> you know Stephen. You know Alec, and you know that Stephen is not Alec. Right. That's a bit. He's just one of the ball. You got Billy Baldwin. You got Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. You know that's not the Baldwin. There's so many I like. Baldwins. I think Alan Cumming. Maybe people would know. By the name, he's done a lot of, but not really prominent stuff. Uh, I mean, he was Nightcrawler in the X Men movies. I like X Men, and I could have never told you who he the fuck. I don't know. I just, I mean, I remember seeing him as a frequent guest on the old Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Um, he did a lot of like he's done a lot of Broadway stuff, um, which isn't definitely not going to reach very far. But um, I don't know. He's been around, but yeah, I agree. Like no one, no one was like. I'm going to drop my $5 or whatever it might have cost at that point. See, the the see Sally from Third Rock. From yeah. The song, you know, and like I said, you see this movie, you'll think we're ragging on this task and you'll be like, well, I recognize some of these people. Yeah. Because yeah. we're not saying you're not going to recognize right. them. It's a, but in, if you're, you should have spent half of what you spent on the original with this type of cast. Yeah. In theory, or at least the same, maybe try to like, keep it around the same maybe a little less but like how you spend more with this is just i don't understand it's mind-blowing did hannah barbera that the william hannah and joseph barbera be like nah we need like a hundred a thousand dollars more for per minute of screen time I don't, like did they make some crazy deal where you had to pay them a ton of more money like i don't interesting thing too is i read that david spade was in the running for barney even that probably that's a would bigger have been name. a bigger name that's a much bigger name yeah at that point he was Fresh, or even maybe still part of a Saturday Night Live. No, he would have been out of Saturday Night Live. But he he went on to do movies and and some sitcoms, Just Shoot Me and whatever else. Yeah, um, I mean, is that is that a pre his or pre or post his work with uh with Farley? I think it would have been post, right? Because if that's after Did Farley died in two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep were both in 95, 96. The last one they did was uh, that, like, Explorers movie. 
But I mean, right there, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep both came out before this. So already David Spade's a bigger name. Yeah. He didn't do Joe Dirt yet. That came out 2001. But still. Yeah, he totally, he would have been a, a better. And I think he would have fit that role okay. I don't know. I'm kind of remember, remember the cartoon and like. I mean, it would have just been David Spade. Yeah. We, we would have been like, hey, look, that was David Spade. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe his like snarkiness may, would have been kind of weird. But It just seems weird because like you said, this is a cast that should have cost twice as less, not yeah. twice as more. So if you make the call to be like, let's use this cast to save money, fine. If that's your reason. Right. Because that's what happens when you go direct to DVD. Like but this why probably should have been. Yeah. But why was that not the reason? And I'll tell you why, Steve. It's because this was a fucking money laundering scheme. <laughs> just the, for the sex parties. This is a money laundering project. Island. Um, I mean, that's as good a guess as anything else that we're ever gonna know where they drained all this money to. Because uh, even some, they like maybe they maybe they didn't have any props left over because it's six years later. But I don't know. Could, I feel could like they have spent like, all that? But the like, why did the first movie not cost that? They much built then? some big sets. Like they did have some decently sized sets and things to build, but like not. 40 million dollars worth yeah i don't know i'm i'm i would truly wish that they would get sued for some reason so that this budget could come out of out of hiding so we could kind of get a better idea um i'm telling you this movie this movie is either built to fail on purpose i'm because it's to protect money laundering fair i think i think hannah barbera asked for a bigger chunk that's my guess but why wouldn't they get that the first time i don't know i i don't Maybe that that's why they thought like, oh well, the first one did so well, you know, we want more money. For some reason, I don't know. I, I'm just flummoxed. Well, either way, so obviously, what well, one of the things what went wrong are all these things. It's fucking cost too much. The movie sucked. <laughs> we it was obviously a money laundering scheme or something. Um, but <laughs> I guess could, real quick to add to what went wrong, could we say the competition maybe hurt this as well? Yeah, it definitely didn't help. The Gladiator was just a freaking beast. I mean, this movie only pretty much had one week to make an impact. It came out one week before Gladiator. And it's a good alternative to Gladiator because Gladiator was rated R, so that that limits the appeal um, yeah. or who's going to go see it, at least initially. Yeah. Or was it rated R? It had to have been rated R. And uh, so you feel like this, well, this shouldn't be competing with Gladiator. This should be the movie you're taking your fucking kids to. Yeah, exactly. It, it should have been the, the perfect counter punch to Gladiator. Maybe they thought it would be because I'm sure they knew these release schedules were happening. To be um, fair, in the Flintstones third week, uh, Battlefield Earth came out, which is the biggest <laughs> and best movie of all time. So oh my that God, really probably too. heard it. Yeah, I'm sure Battlefield Earth really did a number on this one. And in its fourth week, in Flintstone Viva Rock Vegas's fourth week, uh, Disney's Dinosaur. What? Fucking Gladiator is still as universal. So their own movie. They just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on this money laundering Money scheme. laundering. They money sank a ton laundering. of money in it, and they set it up to fail by putting it out right before. Well, I mean, I guess you can't ex- assume Gladiator was going to be a big hit, but you had some pretty good guesses. Lo- loyal listeners, spread the word. We need the truth. Ha- at... At Universal, type it in Twitter. Tell us the truth. <laughs> Money laundering. Viva Rock Vegas. It's time in the world There's knows. Be a social media manager. It's so confused. <laughs> the, tweet, <laughs> the one, two tweets they get. Um, well, that was DreamWorks and Universal. But, I mean, still, like that, 
and that went on to make gangbusters money but um and maybe that was their thought we'll get viva rock vegas out there it's something for the family to go see with the kids we got gladiator you know ridley scott russell crowe real man's man movie get the adults out there to see uh and that just didn't work out it worked out in one case but viva rock vegas just sank to the bottom of the tar pit like the stone it is right yep the rocky stone it is big old stone turd if urine is available it should be saved for drug analysis so those are uh some things and reasons why it's wrong um (laughs) but let's uh ask the best hypothetical question of could this have been prevented how do you how do you turn this around you go back in time and you're in charge well so i could go say, back in time oh, if i could go all right stop, stop, stop. Yeah, i don't know if it's a cumulative 13 seconds or if it's just the same bit over and over and anyway, don't at me huey lewis yeah it's, we're this is universal we're or do laundering. do at us Huey Lewis, if you're <laughs> if you're thinking, ah, oh, these guys. Yeah, any press is good press, yeah, Huey. That's right. Uh, hope you get better, Huey. He's what is he going blind or going deaf? Oh, I didn't know either of those. I, I texted you about this. He's, <laughs> oh. He, I think he's losing his eyesight. And he has to stop touring for a little while. No. And it was Brian Johnson that from ACDC that was going deaf and he had to stop touring. Oh. Because it was like literally, you play like a few more concerts, you're gonna lose your hearing for good or something. Um. But yeah, uh, so if we could go back in time to what, how to prevent this, if we were at the Universal Studios office, does it say? Does it say what he was? He's he's going. He's losing his hearing as well. Oh, he's losing his hearing too. Okay. Um. Uh. So I would say, uh, put this shit straight to DVD. That would be one. (laughs) You could go straight to DVD with the exact same cast for sure. Um. You maybe you don't spend as much money on doing that Viva Rock Vegas song that might have cost a good chunk. Yeah, Elvis, it's maybe. an Elvis song, right? That could have been maybe that's where all the money went just for that all fucking of it to song. The Elvis, but they're like, God damn, we named the movie after it, we have to have it in there, yeah, right. Um, and just it just could have been better. Story-wise, that is always usually is the case with these movies. I mean, yeah, you you had to make a, a better you had to make a better effort than this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I could go up to a person on a laptop in Starbucks and throw down a twenty, and they could print they could type me up something better than this. You could like they could have easily and they just not having Gazoo like pulling in some crap throwaway thing from the, the the cartoon thinking oh everyone's gonna love gazoo yeah. maybe that was the hanna-barbera maybe they're like oh we can get we can redo gazoo i'm t- bring him th- back in a way that people like maybe like one of the creators of the flintstone was like gazoo was like his favorite fucking character yeah and he fought to get him in the show for like five years and finally the other guy got worn down was like fine just put him in the fucking show right and then the show crashed and burned and then they're like this is the trend we gotta we gotta get gazoo in here and they're like, well, R, R, they wanted this to fail. 
because it's a money laundering right, scheme. Yes, this, and they said, how do we make this fail? Let's just throw this. And they said the same way they killed the show, we put Kazoo in it. It's a good point. As a, the alternate theory there, as you, they just wanted it to be shit. That could be so. Maybe maybe you intentionally try to make it good instead of intentionally trying to make it bad to launder your pedo money. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think or you or you. Even if you had the, all of the other actors except John Goodman from the first one, I don't think it's worth doing. Because if you don't have the like the Fred there, then like what's the point? Like he's the star of the show. Yeah. Don't yeah. at me, you Wilma lovers. Or do at me. We do actually at us about anything that we say. So we just want the attention, and publicity. We're just whores for attention. Exactly. Um, and then uh, I don't know. What I just spend less if you're gonna if you're not gonna go the direct to DVD route at least spend less money. Yeah, I don't know what you or spent. Figure out what the fuck you spent it on. I don't want. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you spent money on, but because either way, either budget that you see, either way, they spent more money than the first one, regardless of it was as high as what the numbers, the different numbers tell you. Yeah. No matter what, they spent more for less. You will always do a complete autopsy. This this movie, the asteroid has hit the Earth. It took out the Flintstones. It took out the dinosaurs. It wasn't the asteroid. It was that guy who poisoned all the dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. His poison kicked in, and we are now living in a world where Flintstones view Rock Vegas is a complete and utter failure. But how did this affect the people whose uh, careers were tied up in this movie? And uh, I think it's hard to say. I think it's hard to say if this movie ruined anybody's career because I don't think yeah. any of them were exactly on top of the world. Right. I don't think... Uh, I think this was a minimal minimal damage to most anyone that was in this. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gaddy, uh, who who won some awards for his role in Full Monty, seven films before Flintstones on his Wikipedia page did not even have pages. Like, there's the links. <laughs> no links. Oh, wow. So it's like he obviously Real wasn't, small stuff. you know, doing yeah anything, making a huge banks, and so his career, Mark Eddy's career, actually looks better following the Flintstones. He had a role in A Knight's Tale not long mm-hmm. after, which I think we mentioned before. We both enjoy that movie, and he was very good in it. And of course, he's well known for playing Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. I actually watched the the sitcom Still Standing that he was on, oh, um, in syndication a lot back in the. Mid was, was that a BBC show? No, it was a CBS sitcom. Oh, like it was okay. a it was an actual like big big-ish sitcom. It was a CBS primetime show. Um it went on for five four or five seasons. Um had some legs. Like it's set in Chicago and he's like a Chicago dad and just kind of hijinks. But there was actually some pretty good humor and he was he was pretty funny. Um it was still kind of typical sitcomy stuff, but uh some decent jokes. Um, so I've always been a fan of his, uh, from that, from Knight's Tale and just, so it's like, yeah, this film didn't, didn't take him down because I don't think he was no offense to him. He wasn't up enough to even right. get taken yeah, down. Totally. And then, uh, and he's Steven, done, he's done, he's done a lot of TV since then and some still doing films. So, I mean, still working at least paying the bills. And next on the list, uh, looking at Stephen Baldwin, uh, Stephen continued to be the Baldwin you get disappointed in falling for when you watch a movie because you're like, fuck, I thought I saw Baldwin. I thought it was going to be Alec, but it's fucking Stephen again. 
fuck my life. Why am I watching this? Oh, man, he's... And uh, Steven's done a lot of stuff after this, but I fucking dare you to enjoy any of it. <laughs> uh, come on, I enjoyed the... Uh, uh, ooh, my They're waiting. What is all this shit? <laughs> he was on one episode of CSI, so ooh. that might have not been bad. Is his credit dead body? No. <laughs> is his credit... Uh, Jesse Atchison. Alec Baldwin twin brother. He doesn't even have like the advantage of like like um Martin Sheen's brother, Joe Estevez, looks and sounds enough like Martin Sheen that he even does like VO work where they think That's what you think it's Martin Sheen, but it's actually Joe Estevez. Did you know cheaper. that uh Jim Hanks does all the Woody voice work for Tom Hanks? For like cartoons. Oh, for the non-feature uh, for, length. Yeah. Oh for, wow. For video games, for toys. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. So you can make so you can make a good bank being like a famous guy's brother if you're similar enough. But yeah. Uh, Stephen Baldwin. Look at what uh um, what's his name? Shoot, you know everybody got sad. He died in fast. Paul Walker, his brother made made some bank, serving as a stand-in for him. <laughs> After his death, I'm yeah, sure, he, that's a, sure he wasn't a little exactly bit of thrilled a about it. Uh, different scenario there. Um, yeah, I don't think I've heard it. A lot of these are TV movies that. So I, don't, I mean, Stephen Baldwin really wasn't on the rise either, but he's just going to keep getting work because he's a Baldwin. But his like his known fours are the Usual Suspects, Biodome, as everyone remembers, Biodome. Uh, Fred like Claus, and then Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. So you could say this was the peak of his career. I don't. I mean, Fred Claus. I don't. He's like, hey, maybe a shit movie, but at least I was like number two build, baby. Yeah, right. He had, or maybe he might have been number three build. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next on the list? Next, we got Jane Krakowski, who did some. Uh, she did some voice work, including voicing a character in Surfs Up. Who's deleted from the final cut? Ouch! And she had some other small roles in films, but mostly Jane ended up finding some success in TV. She did a lot of TV films. She did a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. She finally got something going with a recurring role in Thirty a lot Rock. Of voice work. Yeah, animated stuff. And if any of you are fans of the show Kim, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she has a major role in that. I cannot remember her character's name, but she is the like- white woman who is actually a Native American. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I've never watched And for it. people who have no idea what the show is, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, well, yeah, 30 Rock, I feel like she was pretty pretty big on that. I mean, I never watched it, and I know like most people didn't, but it was very popular critically. It was critically. Um, and she has a known for in European National Lampoon's... Oh, just National Lampoon's Vacation. 83. She was probably pretty young in that one. Um, and then last but not least in our in our list of the major, the big four movies, uh, the big four actors in this movie, we got Kristen Johnston, who, as you know, we mentioned she has played Sally in, 30, in, Sally in Third Rock from the Sun, which is her biggest role. But uh, she would end up slipping so far down the ladder that she'd actually end up working in a movie that Steve worked on. I take offense to that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I got to see Kristen Johnston work in person, um, 
Does she still look good? Because uh, I think, she, like, she's 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 a good looking woman. I think she's got a, a not exactly classical beauty. She's face. very tall. Like she's a, yeah, she's, she's very, a large woman. But like, yeah. I don't think her face is exactly what you consider like a, a classic beauty kind of look. But mm. she, but she, she's got rock and bot. Is what I'm getting. At. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh. I don't know. She was um very interesting personality to experience on a film set so to speak uh read between the lines people yeah uh it was uh just i don't know i don't, don't want to say too much but uh just uh interesting hey the, what's that movie called you guys were you she was in uh, is it even on imdb it is on imdb is it out it is out Right there, you go. It is called Thrill Ride. Thrill Ride. Look it up, people. It's a children's movie. Um, she is very funny in it. I give her, I give her credit for really nailing the role performance. Um, it was filmed in Chicago area. In Chicago, yeah. Um, a smaller budget. Very small budget. Yep. Um, entertaining flick. I think you can get it on Amazon now, but. Uh, yeah, she's just uh, a f- interesting character uh, off the screen, say, say the least. Um, yeah, it is kind of an interesting tie-in to have a have an actor or a movie that we that I've actually worked with the person in a capacity or experienced a person firsthand on set. Um, and for anybody wondering, Steve um, dropped off porter potties on set yes yeah i job. delivered the porter potties and uh steve has a side business <laughs> where he drops off porter johns at places yes absolutely. he does not have a truck he straps him to the roof of his hatchback yes <laughs> it's very eco-friendly um uh, yeah so what did she what else did she do though like besides she was in austin powers remember before she was to... wasn't she ivana vagina or... ivana humblot <laughs> sorry combine the two <laughs> yes you did uh bright she was in bride wars um she's been doing a lot of tv stuff she's on a tv series actually that was fairly she did some ugly betty she did some the exes and and for the record she's also a stand-up comedian i think at one point for the record, I love Third Rock from the Sun. Oh yeah, Third it's Rock was great. That show. was another one I watched a lot on on syndication, on like afternoon TV. Wow, she's only two years younger than my dad. Huh. Well then. Shout out to my dad who's not ever listening to this. <laughs> yeah. She could be your mother. <gasps> I wish. Well, that's mean to say to my mother. Yeah, well, she won't. I didn't mean it like that, Mom. Who's also never listening yeah, to right. this. <laughs> um. The director of Viva Rock Vegas was actually, believe it or not, he was the director of the first Flintstones movie. Really? I, I actually was expecting it to be someone different, but it was not. There was a lot of the same people involved uh, in both films, which is maybe part of the problem because the first one, like we said, really wasn't that highly regarded. Oh, my God, but he directed Jingle All the Way. He did. So when you look at, at Brian and Levant. Beethoven. Brian Levant, Levant, whatever. It's, uh He's actually got some some decent films on his uh, on his IMDb that you're like, oh, I've seen, definitely seen that. Jingle All the Way, Are We There Yet? Um, Beethoven. Beethoven. 
Scooby Doo, uh, the he's mystery. He's done a lot of TV begins. producing. Oh wait, that's not the live action one. Um, apparently, he's he's directing a Police Academy reboot. It's announced. Um, His most recent movie was 2017. Says Max Two White House Hero. Yeah, is that about like the dog Secret Service dog? Yeah, yeah I thought that sh- fucking dog died in the first movie. Well, he's his, his brother. Uh, um. Uh, gross. He did a Christmas story too, though. He did. Yeah, he did a Christmas story too, which was direct to video. Uh, the spy next door. He does a lot of like sort of family films. Snow Dogs. Are we there yet? Yeah. Uh, Problem Child Two. Do you remember the Problem Child movies? I do. I remember watching those. I don't know if I ever think they're. Good. I just remember them by name. I don't remember. Who was the problem? I, I get child. problem child and look who's talking mixed up. Even though oh like, yeah, no, but they're very like similar in in that time period of like when you would have watched those movies. But uh, uh he like, managed to continue making subpar sort of family films. Whatever happened to this kid? Yeah, it pretty he much. Made, he made Snow Dogs right after it was this movie after Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, is that that old of a movie? And Are We There Yet was also near was and and that probably cleaned him up a bit because that made a made it a little good profit. Yeah. I guess he's been writing a lot of TV, producing TV. Um, yeah. I didn't know they did a Leave It to Beaver reboot in the late eighties. They could leave it in uh, the eighties. Yeah. Leave that shit in the eighties. Bear in mind that evidence of suicide is sometimes hidden before authorities are called for insurance and embarrassment reasons. So we talked about uh, the effects in the and the the illness that followed this movie like a plague and just dropped everybody to their knees and they died and puked up their guts but uh uh what was the cause of death let's talk about that let's let's weigh in with our final opinions telling the truth is a bitter herb don't cut out herb there's no there's no good song with herb in it <laughs> that's why i picked that one cuz it's like oh this is the weirdest <laughs> um well for me I think the I'm gonna go with the casting of not very well known people is gonna be my cause of death. I think maybe you do a little bit better if you but well, which, mm. I mean, they couldn't get Goodman. Goodman was not coming yeah. back. Yeah, I don't know. I, no, I would change that. I think that spending just a fuck ton of money for no reason, essentially, unless you are literally laundering it for to for other purposes, I just there's no reason to spend that much money on a sequel with this this level of talent. Yeah, I and mean, then William Hanna died in two thousand one. Just a year later, you know why? This movie killed him. This movie killed him. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. You you we can't survived. prove otherwise, Universal. We survived. This is a new movement. We survived. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Rock Vegas. We survived. You guys should watch too, so we can all be survivors. Just know that one out of ten people that watch Viva Rock Vegas die. As as far out as a year later, symptoms. Yeah. It will catch up to you. Actually, statistically, everybody that watches Viva Rock <laughs> Vegas dies. Oh, that's true. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, I'm trying to see when Joseph Barbera died too, because or he could still be alive. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, my cause of death, I'm going to say uh, you should have set out to make a movie that was successful because I, f- I, I still feel like they purposely sank this movie, uh, you know, because it was a money laundering scheme. This was not a film production. Money laundering, money laundering, universe, I'm calling you out, money laundering. Um, the movie's shit, so, you know, that really hurts it. <laughs> the cast is cheap. It has no star power. The budget is massive for reasons we don't understand. Um I mean, this is a blockbuster budget for a yeah. TV movie, and I can't stress that enough. And for an example, for my final example of this, I'm going to point out that the X-Men, the first X-Men movie, came out the same year, 2000, and X-Men was cheaper to make than Viva Rock Vegas. Fuck, man. Its budget was less. I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I just... I want to go get a job at Universal just to figure out what the just to break fuck into they, the records why they spent this money. I'm s- serious. Anybody that has a solid argument that is not money laundering, hit us up on the Twitters. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find. Uh, I'm gonna go on the Universal Studios tour at some point. I'm just gonna be like, there's got to be some like Flintstones thing still around on the back lot. And I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go to the tour guide and slip him a. Uh, Slip him a $2 bill because, you know, those are rare. And mm, uh, that's clever. He'd be like, all right, dude, I need you to tell me the real deal behind Viva Rock Vegas. And then if he goes ghost white, I'm going to know there's some sort of conspiracy <laughs> going on. We're not allowed to talk about that. No, talk about that one. Last person that talked about that was Hannah Barbera. <laughs> oh, those are, that's two names. I know, both of them. Oh, well, Barbera died in 2006. So, so it took a while it to took catch six him. years to catch him. He was the, on the run for a while. Yeah. He had a little bit stronger immune system to the Viva Rock. I found him hiding in a, in a cave in Arizona. <laughs> you thought you could escape us. But yeah, I, I I agree with your cause of death as well. It's just there's just so many poor decisions here. And they don't make sense to the point of legitimately questioning the motives. So I think uh, I think we can all agree that we would uh, much rather have gone. Gotta get back in time. To a point where we didn't watch this. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the Madison like a late night show, yeah. Uh, Hey, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AT Report Pod. Smash those shares and likes, and if you throw in a tweet, Steve will send you a recent pick. And while you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review, five stars preferably. Reviews show us your love, and we all just want to be, want to be loved. But don't stray too far. Next time, we'll throw another movie on the slab right here on The Autopsy Report. Choosing this movie, I felt like I was pranking myself just to prank you, Steve. <laughs> because it's like it's like if I made a pie and I filled the pie with laxatives, but then I was like, Steve, you should totally eat this pie with me. And then when you're like shitting down your leg, I'm like, ah, I got you to eat the laxative pie as I too am shitting down my leg. Yeah. Like, that's what this movie was. 
Like I was like, I'm gonna make Steve watch this movie because it's gonna suck. But then I had to watch it too. Yeah, it like sucked. are you really? You need to think that one through a little better. <laughs>